Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. We're going we're gonna to get into it, and, and uh, I know this guy doesn't need any introduction because we love him at Whatcom New Life, but uh, a dear friend of mine, someone who uh, I would lay down in the road and die for, uh, Jeremy Schwader is going to be bringing the word today. So Jeremy, would you come on up? Well, thank you, Andy. Um, thank you, Walk of New Life. It's good to see you. Um, it's good to be back. It's always, it's always awesome um, to be here. And um, you know what? It's pretty cool. I, there aren't tons of churches that make room for um, gifts like Walk of New Life. And I just want to honor Andy and, and Stephanie and what you guys do with, I mean, wasn't that awesome having, the, having them play that way? And, and, like, God isn't just about the talents of speaking or uh, the talents of maybe playing the keyboard really well. Or, but God has so many, ta- God's given us all so many talents. And we need them all. Like, your gifts are needed for what God wants to do. What does God's gifting, what does God's anointing look like online? What does God's gifting, God's anointing look like in woodworking, in, in finance, in counseling? Could it be that God wants to show himself through all of these things? Every aspect of every part of culture? And um, yeah, let's just pray real quick and then I'm going to, we'll just jump on in. Um, God, thank you so much for Welcome New Life. Thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. Thank you that this is a place that you're welcomed and that we just simply say, God, would you come and have your way? Like in in my heart, in my life, in all that we are. And so God, I just pray that you would take these simple words that I've put together and I ask that whatever is Jeremy would fade away and whatever is you would just um, be pronounced and we would all hear it clearly. Amen. So, is my mic okay here? Do you want me to do anything? No? Okay. Let me do this real quick. Um, last week, Pastor Andy start, was talking about foundations. Things that are foundational to know in God. And Pastor Andy asked me to share, and what I felt in my heart to share today was on the topic, hearing from God. Hearing God's voice. It's kind of hard to be a Christian if you can't hear what he's saying. It's really hard to seek God and to know him when you're like, I I don't even know if I have confidence that I actually talk to the guy. We each need to have a confidence in our relationship with God. But if if you're anything like me, you've walked through seasons in your life where you're like, I don't even know if I hear God. And um, I have this book by a guy named Mark Verkler. And I wanted to read you a page out of this book. I began to search for God's voice within my heart. I waited expectantly for this inner honorable voice of God to speak to me and say, Hello, Mark, this is God. He would certainly have a deep bass voice. 
Maybe there would be lightning in the sky. The wind would suddenly blow and the windows would shake. I would then jump in instant obedience and do whatever he wanted me to do. But of course, nothing ever happened. I listened and I listened, but I could not discern any voice from God. All I heard were regular thoughts rumbling throughout my mind until I eventually wandered off into aimless daydreams or even worse, fell asleep. It was extremely frustrating. Prayer simply didn't work for me, and I couldn't understand why not. I thought that maybe if I read more of the Bible, it would help. Maybe then I was able to hear God's voice, I reasoned. So I read the whole, whole books of the Bible in single sittings. But even that didn't help me discern the quiet inner voice. So I decided fasting was the way. I fasted days and weeks at a time, but I still couldn't hear a voice within my heart. I had hoped that when I graduated from Christian university, I would somehow, uh, that I was attending, that somehow, along with my diploma, I would get the ability to hear God's voice in my heart. But I still could not hear anything other than my own wandering thoughts. There just was not an inner voice. No matter what people said or the Bible taught, I could not find this voice. As I moved into pastoral ministry, I hoped that the voice would come with my ordination. I mean, how can you possibly be a pastor without hearing God's voice? However, my ordination came and went and still no voice. By now I was getting really discouraged. I tried everything I knew and still nothing. Is that anyone's experience? You tried, you pressed, you believed. God, where are you? Now, the, the struggle, you could say, well, maybe, maybe actually the voice of God is just for those really holy people or the people in the Old Testament, for Moses, for Joshua, for these people. But the problem is the Bible's pretty clear. Jesus said in his word, in the book of John, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. Oh no, does that mean I'm not a Christian? Does that, does that mean I've messed up one too many times? Am I just weird? I mean, here are all the thoughts that go through a person's mind as they struggle through the process and the thinking through, do I hear God? Do I even know him anyway? I mean, the Bible's pretty clear. Genesis 3, 8, they heard the sound of the Lord. God talked to Abraham. God talked to Moses. God talked to Joshua, Isaiah, Paul, Peter, Mary, Deborah, Hannah, all these people, time and time again, heard God speak to them. I would venture to say this. If you have made a commitment to saying, God, I make you the Lord of my life, the leader of my life, you're my savior, I yield myself to you. God is talking to you. I'd even say that those of us that were, you're not in that boat, you have not yielded your life to God, God's talking to you too. The difference is simply that we are so caught up in, in, in the things of this world that often I think we just can't recognize his voice. I think we don't hear him either because we can't recognize his voice. The world is too loud, or we're too loud, or we just didn't like what we heard. And, and that last one I'd like to just talk about a little bit, because sometimes God says no to us, and we say simply back, well, that can't be God. I mean, God wouldn't tell me no on this. Well, maybe he did. 
I also like to venture that there's also different types of us. There are those of us that are super open and expressive and your, your arms are wide open and you just kind of go with your emotion and your heart and you're like, God, I love you. And then there are those of us that come across and you're more sequential and analytical. The Bible actually mentions two individuals just like that, Luke and John. In the beginning of Luke, this is what Luke says. This is a man that heard God. Inasmuch as many had undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that had been accomplished among us, just as those who had from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word had delivered to them, it seemed good to me also, having followed all these things closely for some time, to write an orderly account for you. Doesn't that sound like an analytical, sequential person? Luke, Luke was a doctor. Luke, Luke was very careful when Paul was preaching and, and, and when he was around what Jesus was doing and all these different things, he was sitting there with a pen and paper taking notes, making sure that he had it right and he did it right. And then what happened is he would take all of these things and he would be like, okay, I have an orderly account. And then there's John. Revelation 1.10, it says this. He's in a prison cell. And it says, I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Here's John just in worship. Hearts open. There's no facts in his brain. He's just going. Both are valid. Both are needed. The man that comes with the facts looks at all of these different accounts, all of these different things, And he puts it all before the Lord. God, I saw this. I see this. I I reckon all of these things. And God, I just yield this all to you. It's an orderly account. God, what do you say about all these things? And, And the other one, the guy that's more gut or emotive, he's coming in worship and he's just coming more from his feeling, his emotion, his his sensing, his feeling, and he's just wide open. God, I yield to you. Both are needed, both are good. But can I tell you, if you just come with your intellect, and if you just come with your emotion, you can totally miss it. If I live in the facts and in the intellect, all I'm going to see is all of these things, and it's going to be very difficult to hear the voice of God, because all I see are the facts. If I live in my emotions and what I feel, I'm not going to be able to see anything, hear anything of what he's saying, because all I'm going to notice is what I feel. There are times in worship services where you be, some people are like, man, God was really here. And you know what it really was? Emotion. Now, emotion's not bad. Emotion's great. And there's times that we go, man, this, man, I'm digging into the word. I hear all these things. And your mind is filled with all these things. But it's not necessarily the voice of God either. See, the word of God tells us in Corinthians that God communicates to our spirit. It's spirit-to-spirit connection. The mind is involved, the emotions are involved, but it's from his spirit to my spirit, impacting my mind, impacting my heart. And this is why often we can miss it in approaching God. Now, I want to talk through a couple things about how to hear the voice of God. And I want to 
emphasize this point first and foremost. The Bible, if you're not sure where to start, is the perfect place to start to hear the voice of God. He is continually speaking through his word. But I want to also emphasize to us that this isn't a manual, but this is an invitation. This isn't a book to give you all the rules and facts, while there is rules and facts in here. This is a book as an invitation to meet the most interesting person that you could ever meet. That as you read God's word and facts fill your mind and emotions impact your heart, it is an invitation of God saying, why don't you camp out here and find out what this really is? What do I have to say to you about this passage? Allow your heart and your mind to yield to the voice of God. A good friend of mine, John Ng, he started a ministry a while ago called Rising Hope. But before that, we were working at the hospital together. And one day, John told me a story about a homeless man who was brought into the hospital and it was certain that he was going to die. And the care that he got at the hospital wasn't that great because honestly, everyone was kind of expecting that he was going to die. He was super appreciative. In the process, John's taking care of this homeless man. The individual dies, and John was struck to the heart. He, he was burdened by this. He's like, I can't believe that this happened. Like, does this guy even matter? He, him and I went out to coffee the other day, and he said, after that moment, Jeremy, everywhere I drove, all around Bellingham and Whatcom County, I would see homeless people all the time. And I'd be like, I, it's like I never even noticed them before. It's like I, they were never even on my radar. And, and then he got to the word of God, and he got to a verse in Isaiah 58, verse 6, and it says this, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? See, he read something and he didn't just memorize it, but he let God speak to it in his context, in his life. And in the next couple weeks, he quit his job at the hospital and went on full-time just to help the homeless. Every night of the week, he was out giving out sandwiches, blankets, socks. And God has taken care of John. In fact, that year, he made more money, I think, than he made at the hospital that year. Which is crazy, because he was unemployed. But God took care of my friend as he leaned in and said, maybe God is speaking to me. He told me this at lunch that day. He said, Jeremy, I kind of think I should quit my job. What do you think? And I'm like, well, what do you think God's saying? He's like, I think God's saying to, to do it. And and he said, do you think it's crazy if I quit? I said, well, I think it'd be crazy not to. If God tells you to do something, that's the safest place you can be. That's the safest spot that you can live, is following his voice. Now, a couple safeguards before we dive in is that, one, we need to be consistently reading God's word. This is a safeguard. Why? Because I can think God's talking about something, and it's really not true. God's not going to tell you to divorce your wife because there's someone else there. God's not going to tell you to go sue somebody or to tell you that it's okay to have sex with somebody because you feel in love. The word of God is pretty clear about some things, but it can sure feel right. And the facts can sure make it sound right. But in the end, it's not about the facts that I have in my head or the emotions of my heart. It's about what God is saying. 
But man, it sure can feel right. I was in Starbucks the other day and a song came on, this line of this song that really hit my heart. This guy said, who am I to tell me who I am? We live in a generation that forever we've been saying, don't tell me who I am. I define me. But I think really what's happening now is that people are realizing, I don't even know who I am. I, I don't have, I can't tell me who I am. I need someone else to tell me who I am. Maybe a creator. Maybe a God who knows your skill set, your ability, your identity. Maybe he knows best how you're going to come alive and what he has for you. Let's let God define us by his voice. So being constantly in God's word, being surrounded by people. I don't know about you, but I've definitely met people that have gone weird because they got isolated. I know people that, man, they were like amazing. I I really appreciated them. And then somehow they just started rejecting voices. I'm not going to listen to anybody. I know what God is saying. I know what God has for my life. I know what I need to do. And in Proverbs it says this, the man who isolates himself rages against all good wisdom. When I isolate and cut myself off from accountability and the ability for other people to speak into my life, I am in trouble. Who is in your life that can call you on your stuff? Who can challenge you in the decisions that you make? Do you have people that you go to when you're trying to make a big decision? Or do you just hold it all to yourself and be like, me and God, we got this. One of the main ways that God speaks is through authority. Through people in my life. I can feel something really strongly and it can be wrong. Get this, this is a crazy story. My friend, Jason Hubbard, who, who is the director or the leader of the Lionel World Prayer Center, he was in his house praying. He heard the audible outward voice of God. Okay, that's never happened to me. Tell him, Jason, I want you to build a house of prayer for all nations, but first for the First Nations. His wife didn't hear the voice, but she ran into the room because the whole house shook and she thought it was an earthquake. This happened about 11 years ago. You know what Jason did? Did he go out and start a house of prayer? No. He went to the elders in his church and he said, hey, God told me this, what should I do? You know what they told him? It's not time yet. Wait. So there is a timing of the voice of God. You might hear things right, but God wants you to be in his timing about what he is saying. Trust that God surrounds you with people that have your best interests at heart. They aren't there to restrict you, but to protect you. Is that good? Come on, is that good? All right. <laughs> the other, here's the other thing. God will often talk to you about what's under your stewardship or your authority. This means that God might not talk to you about what President Trump should do. But he might talk to you about your marriage, about your family, about your kids, about your schooling, about your workplace, your employees, your bills, your debt. He wants to talk to you about what's under your stewardship. 
God probably will talk to someone else about the issues of their heart. So if you're in your word and you consistently feel like you're getting, you know what, so-and-so really needs to read this in the Bible. I'm, I'm really concerned about them. In fact, I think I'm going to tell them that they need to correct this and this and this and this and this. My question is, are they under your stewardship? Now, Pastor Andy has a stewardship. And it says actually in the word of God, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you will actually come under stricter judgment. Every voice that comes out, every word that comes out of the voice of a preacher, God's saying, you're talking to my people. You're talking like you're talking for me. Are you doing it in the right spirit and with the right words? I'm going to be called to account for this message that I gave this morning. And God's going to ask me, did you glorify me and did you share my truth with him? Did you honor my son? Not many of you should presume to be teachers. God will speak to you about your authority, about your stewardship, what's under your responsibility. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. I know it's early, but you know, come on. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, if you're taking notes this morning, here's four things I want to tell you about the voice of God. These are four aspects. If you're not sure if you're hearing from God, these are four clues. God will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through authority. But if he's going to talk to you, typically I have found that God speaks to me in an inner audible voice. What does that even mean? These four things. One, it's faster than a thought. Two, sometimes my emotions and my mind are noisy. Three, he talks in pictures. And four, Write it down. These are four keys to hearing and walking in the voice of God. I'll just read those real quick again, and then we'll, we'll jump in. So it's, one, it's faster than a thought. Two, we need to get past the noise of our heart and our mind. Three, God often speaks in pictures. And four, we need to write it down. First point, faster than a thought. I have found that um, often when God speaks to me, it's, I know it's God because it's not something I could come up with. An example of this is I could be driving down the road, minding my own business, doing whatever, and suddenly a friend comes to mind. Somebody I haven't talked to in a little bit. Bam, there they are in the beginning. And I think this thought, you know, I should call them. And this has happened to me several times where I call the individual, and this is what they say. Wow, I'm so glad you called. Perfect timing. And I have found that God, if you pay attention to those things that seem like off track, different distractions, different things, God is actually leading you in what you should do. It could be as simple, it could be as simple as, you know what, take this exit instead of the next one. It could be as big as, you know what, just go say hi. The point is, some of it, is just us, but sometimes God is just trying to lead you by his spirit, because it's more than your mind, it's more than your emotions, it's spirit 
to spirit. It's faster than a thought, and it's different. It's out of the heart. And those spontaneous thoughts, like I was just saying, sometimes they could be myself, or they could be actually demonic in nature. They could be totally of the devil. But here's the difference. Does that voice bring life and curiosity into something good? Or does that voice bring me back to myself, downward or self-inward focused? See, the enemy really just wants you cut off, isolated, and looking at you. That's what he wants. He wants you discontent with your life, frustrated with people around you, and looking for opportunities to just gain things for you. But in the kingdom of God, he's looking outward and upward. So it's very curious. It's very open. It's forward focused. It's upward focused. And it gives you hunger for things that are beautiful. Purity, God's word, loving people, worshiping him. Two other thoughts in this. God's voice is often very gentle. He's not harsh. He's he's not pushy. He's not thwacking you with a big stick. He's coming. He might say something corrective to you, but it's never with harshness. It's always with, you're my beloved. You're my son. You're my daughter. Come this way. And he always brings strength when his voice comes. There's always a sense of empowerment to it. So if God is calling you into something, like maybe you're, you know, like maybe there's a call for me. I need to, I need to increase what I'm going to give, or I need to go on that missions trip, or I need to whatever. There's always going to be a peace to it, never a pushing. It actually says in the Word of God, if anybody gives, they should be able to give with an ease and open heart. So God always comes. There might be fear in your emotions. But in your spirit, you're going to go, you know, this is okay. I can, I can step out into obedience here. I can go walk across the room and talk to that person. I can go for it because there's an inward peace with it. So God's thoughts often come faster than a thought. Secondly, in hearing God's voice, we got to get past the noise. It says in Hebrews, it says that, that I make every effort, I strive with all of my energy, with all his energy, to enter into his rest. In other words, my brain, it's really loud. My heart, it's really loud. And God, I'm really sleepy today. You ever been there? You wake up, you grab your Bible, you're looking at it and go like, can I even read? I don't even know if I can read this morning. But God, God, that's the biggest, one of the biggest issues for hearing the voice of God in our life is frankly, we got so much noise around us. The, the time of day can be difficult. Maybe early morning is really hard for you. Maybe you need to spend time with the Lord late at night because your brain is clear. Pick a time of day when you can actually have a clear mind and a clear heart. My brain can sometimes be filled with projects my favorite Netflix show, my to-do list, or maybe other people are trying to get your attention. It's really hard to hear God when you have all this stuff coming at you. Some of you, your best place for connecting with God is going to be in your car on the way to work. Nobody else is there. You can turn on the worship, and you can honestly just yell and talk to God. You can say whatever's in your heart and your head, and nobody hears you, and you can just be you. That's important. 
And lastly, sometimes your heart, it can be really loud. You might feel really guilty about something you did, maybe yesterday or 50 years ago. You, you might be feeling bitter towards an individual who did you in injustice. You might have unforgiveness in your heart or fear about the future or stress about the present. All, in all of it, if that is the thing in, in front of your heart, it's going to be really hard to hear from God. T- today, we talked a lot Stephanie was talking, and and we were leading us in this whole place of peace of God, right? Before we can hear God's voice, some of you needed to know that his peace was to you and for you. That he was going to still the storm. Because until you recognize he's Lord of the storm, you're going to have a real hard time looking at him. Because you're like, there's a big wave right there. I'm kind of scared. I don't know what to do about this. And God first has to bring his peace into my heart. And, and I have found two things to be massive for me to stepping into that place of peace. One, I really need to always come back to the cross. Coming back to that simple place of, God, my confidence is in you. You've dealt with my past. You're with me in my present. And you're going to be with me in my future. I can say right now with confidence, you're with me. That's really key. That's really important. Day by day by day. And the second thing is this. Thankfulness. That I come to God, and you might be looking at your life, and I'm like, I am not thankful for this life right now, God. I'm not thankful for what's happening. I'm not thankful for how I'm being treated. I'm not thankful for the bills that are coming in. God, I'm not thankful. But God says, if you turn that heart into thankfulness, I'll open you what? I'll show you what all the things I have for you. Stepping in to acknowledge the cross and walking in thankfulness. We need that to approach God. God's voice comes faster than a thought, and we need to get past the noise. Third, God talks in pictures. Often. Get this. Habakkuk 2 verse 1. I will take my stand at my watch post. And I will station myself on the tower, and I will look to see what he will say to me. What? I will look to see what he will say? That makes no sense. So, even in the Old Testament, if you looked at what the prophets were called, they were actually called seers. Which I think is kind of interesting. And if you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. If I had a Chinese person on the stage and a Dutch person on the stage, how would I convey to them um, what a tree looks like or what a tree is? Instead of speaking in English to them and saying, tree, tree, you know what I would do? I would just point at a tree. Tree. And the Dutch person and the Chinese person would go, oh yeah, tree. In their language, in their context, in their world, and this is what God does with everybody in the earth. He shows us pictures. He gives us impressions. Why? Because it conveys exactly what he means. We get it. If you look at the New Testament, Jesus often talked in stories. He would talk about farmers, and he'd talk about fishermen. He would would talk about things that people related to, and related it to the things of God. That's because God could show us what it is through pictures. He refers to himself as a good shepherd. 
a coming bridegroom, a coming king, a good and loving father. All of those things bring a picture. My buddy uh, Taylor Simpson, he's a pastor over at New Song Church. And he likes to go to sleep every night doing this simple thing. He'll read a Bible story, and then he'll imagine himself in the story. He'll go to sleep imagining that he is, you know, Zacchaeus in the tree, and Jesus is going to pass by. He'll, he'll be there, and he'll be, he'll be like, you know, tonight I'm going to be the God that's going to hold Jesus' cross on the way up to the crucifixion. And he kind of interacts with God in this space. Now, is that imagination? Yeah. Do you think it's a tool God might want us to use? Do you think God might want to talk to us through all the inner workings of our heart and head? Ephesians 1.16 says this. I pray that the eyes of your hearts might be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope to which he's called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Folks, I can tell you that God's given me pictures. I had one picture that blew my head away and blew my mind away. I saw this church, and uh, there was nobody on the stage. Packed out house. Then it switched, and there was another picture, and I saw a gym filled with people. Packed out house. Nobody on the stage. And then another church, and then a stadium, and then all these different places, just boom, 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 filled, 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 filled. And then I saw this old man in a nice old suit, and he had a mic in his hand, and he had tears running down his face. And he said this, would someone please take the mic? And I was in Bible school at the time, and I I got gripped so hard because I felt like God was saying, Jeremy, I'm looking for people that will declare my word and my heart to people. That, that picture is like forever burned in my brain. I believe that God wants to give each one of us pictures, yes. thoughts, impressions. Why? Because I remember a story and a picture that sticks in my heart. When I fix my eyes on Jesus, that's the ultimate picture. He shows me so much more than I could ever hope. In that last point, I want, to exp- I want to just say this simple thought. He, the stories, the pictures are never forced. We open ourselves up and God brings this all to us. And the last point of all of these things, and I know I've dumped a lot at you this morning, is write it down. Put a date to it. Sit in your chair with your journal and your Bible and expectation in your heart and say, God's going to talk to me this morning. And then, by faith, start to write. I think God's telling me this. And then show it to a godly friend and they can go, hmm, I don't know. Or they can go, wow, that's, that's really incredible. But the point is, we need to grow in our understanding of the voice of God. And if you don't work it out, if you don't put pen to paper, grab the word, ask God to show things through your spirit, you might not recognize his voice. God probably is talking to each one of us right now about specific things, but somehow we throw it off the side like, nah, it's just me, that's just a weird thought. Maybe it actually is God. Maybe that thought needs to be tested. Maybe behind that thought is a whole world of what God wants to do in you and through you for his glory. 
And so here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to read you a passage out of John chapter 4. Everybody awake? You good? Thumbs up? Okay. I saw someone yawning, so I was nervous. John 4, story of the woman at the well. I want you to picture that you're actually the person in this story. So that, if you're a dude, that doesn't mean you're a woman, okay? You know? But picture yourself that you're actually, you're actually the one coming to Jesus in this story, okay? Jesus, he left Galilee, this is verse 3, and departed. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he came past through Samaria, so he came near to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, tired and wearied as he was from his trip, was sitting beside the well. It was the sixth hour. That's noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and the drank from himself? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of life, spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying you have no husband, for you had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Later it says this. She leaves. and She comes back and says this. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his word. Everybody just close your eyes for a second. I want you to picture yourself, water jug in hand. It's a tired part of the day. It's noon. There's all these different pressures and things that come upon your life, and you, you're coming to this well, and you know that Jesus is there. What does he have to say to you? What does he have to say to me?
He sees right through you. He knows your every thought, your every intention. And he comes with an invitation. You're perfectly seen and perfectly loved. God, I just, I thank you for your people today. Thank you for this beautiful church. I pray right now that each one could hear your voice to them. I encourage you to allow God to speak, giving him space. If we could all stand on up, and then I think we're going to close here. God's voice comes faster than a thought. We need to get our hearts still and our mind still. He talks often in pictures. And we need to write it down because, frankly, I forget everything. Let's just pray. Who who here is like, I want to hear God's voice better? Yeah. Can we just do this? Everybody put a hand on your head. This thing gets so busy. So filled. God, I just pray over our brains. Peace be still. God, I thank you, God, that we just right now take captive every anxious thought. Every every fact that doesn't line up with where we are. God, I pray right now every thought taken captive in the name of Jesus. I pray right now peace be still to every mind in this room. Put a hand on your heart. God, I pray over the the burdens, the weights that come into our hearts. Let's Let's just say this together. Jesus, I come to the cross and I give you every burden, every unresolved issue, Every brokenness in my heart. All my stresses. All my bitterness. All my unforgiveness. All my fears. I ask that your blood would cover it. God, we just pray over these hearts in this room. Peace be still. And God, we come, we come Lord God, with thankfulness right now. And we say thank you, God, for a hope and a future. Thank you, God, that you give us good things. You're a good father that gives good things. Not bad things, but good things. There's no bait and switch with you. You're giving us good things. And Lord, I, um, God, I just also pray right now over each person's, their, our eyes of our heart today. Help us to see with clarity what you're showing us. And I pray a reminder to each one. I pray for those that don't have a journal to go get one. I pray faith in our heart to expect that you're going to speak. And uh, with every eye closed and nobody looking around, I'm just going to ask the question. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, frankly, I just don't know God. I've never made a commitment to him. I want to know Jesus. I really do. Would you just raise your hand right now?
And let me just ask this simple question. How many of you right now, I'm just going to ask that God puts a person in your heart. There's someone in your life that doesn't know Jesus. I'm going to wait a couple seconds. God, who is it around us that needs to know your voice? Would you just, right now, I just ask God that you would show them a person that needs to hear from you. If you got that picture of that person, could you just raise your hand? Okay. God, you're really good at talking. I pray right now over that friend, that loved one, that family member that needs to hear your voice. Would you speak to them, God, today? God, would you open the eyes of their heart, God? Still their minds, still their heart. Show them pictures. We pray that they could also write it down. And I pray that my life, God, I pray that everyone here, our lives would be lives that would model what it is to treasure your voice, to listen to you. We love you, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.